Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening in with us today on our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. Our podcasts are brought to you by the Military Child Education Coalition, whose work is focused on ensuring quality educational opportunities for all military-connected children affected by mobility, family separation, deployments, and transition. Here at the MSEC, we want to ensure that every military child is college, workforce, and life-ready. In our podcast, we will share your stories as we talk to military service members, professionals, parents, and military kids. Please like, share, and subscribe. And we appreciate your comments, questions, and ideas for topics that you would like to hear more about. Welcome, everyone, to our MSEC podcast for the sake of the child. My name is Tara Gleason. I'm the producer, but today I will also be your host for our episode where we're going to talk to an educator about her insights during the COVID-19 pandemic. So joining me is Lanutha McDaniel. She is a military spouse, an educator, and she's been an educator for over a decade, and she currently teaches second grade on a military installation. Welcome, Lanisa, and thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Can you start by telling us a little bit about you and your background? Yes, good afternoon. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. So I've been an educator, like you said, for about 14 years. My name is Lanisa McDaniel. And we're also a military family of 21 years. My husband retired about four years ago and he now coaches and teaches at Hope Colleen High School. Um, I have two beautiful, intelligent children. I say children, but they're more young adults. One will be a junior in college and the other will be a senior next year. I wanna start by you, if you could tell us a little bit about some of your experiences since the COVID-19 school closures. It kind of, evolves like a little story at first like many of the others it produced anxiousness and many of the unknowns and continues to do so i was mostly worried about the students well-being what students um, what that learning would look like for students wi-fi devices siblings and students trying to share devices and some of those problems we had the same at home those issues after a few weeks reality starts to sit in and you start to wonder, is this going to be the last time I see my students? As it still continues to unfold, you kind of start feeling not much like a teacher. Until that one day I received our first classwork submission. Thank you, Gavin. I was able to check work again, give feedback, later Zoom meetings and share photos, and feel connected again with my class. Most of my experiences have been centered around engagement. As teachers, we're constantly asking questions as students learn and looking for ways to improve, just like businesses are now and today, trying to reinvent the things that we knew. Some of these things were extending the walls of our classroom, maintaining those connections and still collaborating, and also collaborating with teachers to see what they were also doing. I've also learned that distance learning is very tiring, not just for the teacher, but for all parties involved, the parents and the students as well. Have you noticed any challenges for your military connected students or their families in particular? And, and if you have, how were those addressed? I have, um, some are very similar to most, I think like schedules and time, sharing devices, like I mentioned earlier, Wi-Fi connections, more uniquely related to the military children, I would say, is like deployments. Earlier I have about half my class has gone through deployments this year. That's one of the largest in the years that I've been. 
I've been at Meadows um, 12 years. And so this was a very large group of, of kiddos going through that. Um, that means that they have to experience a one parent household. And that's not easy for those parents. That means that a dynamics of the family and it has to change and reinvent those roles. Also PCS and moves. So things were kind of got frozen because of COVID. And so now things are packed up and boxed and that also causes stress, not having those things that they once had to comfort themselves, moving away from their friends and the things that they knew. So those things are put on hold and the unknown again. So just the unknowns of what COVID is using and compounding, but now we have to deal with that on top of the issues that military children have to face. Also that social emotional element, like I said, Earlier, most kids deal with that, but they don't have to change schools every three to four years like most of my military children. So building that confidence where they even might have been a GT student, that confidence is waned and they feel kind of put out of place again. Everything is new. And so dealing with the different educational standards moving from one state to another, they don't always align. Students feel like they don't know something, but in reality they do just because of the situation and making new friends, you know, leaving their friends and making new friends. So how has those challenges been addressed? So I can kind of answer that twofold. So the school, because it's on post, we do get a lot of services that some schools do not get. And I think the key to that is sharing those resources with military families. And a lot of times we don't know that they're offered there at the school. So like MFLAC, which is the military and family life counselor. She pops into our room often just to check on things. Our children in our classroom love her um, and she'll come in just to read a story or read with kids. It's not always based on things that are going on at the time. She just pops in when she has chance. We also have the behavioral health program that's integrated right there at the school. Um, it's lovely because kids don't have to miss appointments. They can go to an appointment right there on base there's no time lost. There's no parent that has to pick up the child and return the child. Um, so that's really a great service to the teachers, parents, and students all involved. She also does a monthly outreach program, which is usually done through Facebook through the school. And that is also just getting and providing students all of those services, or they're also reusing those for remote services, just like we are today through Skype or Teams or whatever method that the parents need and they're taking new cases. So trying to maintain some of those challenges in the classroom, trying to keep those connections up. I didn't know how to use Zoom. I'm pretty tech savvy, but that was a, a new aspect of my learning and trying to use that to keep our classroom culture alive was very vital. Mailing postcards using snail mail. Yes, it takes longer, but children still, I still today love buying things and getting a little present, even though I know it's from myself. It just adds a little perk and just to keep them and going because eight, nine weeks later, we're all tired. Using that as praises um, from points to, we use Dojo in our classroom. So different kind of electronic type points. Some of the systems that we use for the district like Raz Kids. You can submit certificates. You can also, like I said, give points. We're also using brag tags. So those are things that teachers individualize their classroom, how they build their culture and make it 
seem important and be connected with one another. I think you addressed some of this in your response to the previous question. And when you talked about that, you have started to learn things like Zoom, but have there been other new skills that you've acquired or approaches to learning as a result of the new learning environment? I have. I even wore my shirt though. I'm going to kind of go back. It says, did someone call tech support? So yes, I, I am pretty tech savvy and I did reference that earlier, but all through all this new learning, that's how my role began and it has developed as the process has gone through. So instead of teaching, I was helping parents get online mostly, helping their students troubleshoot. So that's not normally my type of, of role, troubleshooting. Yet Zoom was also trying to use Zoom and navigate those new things kind of uh, for the parents and extending the classroom. Using that as a supportive role just to look for ways to make it easier for parents to submit work. So KISD is very into trying to keep the student engaged as well as myself. And so just trying to reinvent some of the wheels that we've been given district will roll out some work for us to do, but just trying to make it easier for the parent. So that role has changed for me instead of just submitting a worksheet in the classroom, trying to make it a little quicker, a little faster, all in one place and organized. So you mentioned parents. What are some of the top questions? Obviously technology was an issue, but what are some other questions or concerns you're hearing from parents? I think always that some of the top concerns were grades and participation, whether it was required or did they have to, or my students getting tired. So just trying to emphasize that grades would not be negatively affected due to the COVID and then trying to keep that participation going to just, it will only help their child better in the long run and prepare them for next year. So those were some of the top concerns. In your interactions with your students now, how do you think they're doing during this unusual time? I think overall they're really strong. Military students are well known for their grit and resiliency. Overall, I'm very proud. I can see the differences in their participation and communication and their submissions and work and how I've had more, more engagement as we've gone. So they're making it happen. So I'm, I'm pretty confident that they're doing well. So how are you feeling about going into the 2021 school year and what can be done to help set military connected students up for success? So we know obviously we're still in May right now, so there's still a lot of unknowns with that in mind. What are your thoughts on that? I think just like as before how it started, um, knowing when you have your set with some unknowns, you still feel a little anxious about how things are going to roll out and what it's going to look like, um, all those questions that you can ask. But I'm pretty confident by the way that our district has handled the situation thus far that it's going to be okay and it's going to be good. So what the school will look like next year, we don't have answers to that. Like you said, those changes, um, you know, we worried about what those changes might look like and as well as the ending of this year. It's kind of a, a bittersweet. So those feelings kind of make me still a little nervous, but confident at the same time. Um, you said what could be done to set up military students for success. So as I mentioned before, kids inherently do well, uh, especially military kids. And I think just having schedules for them and, and routines for those built in incentives 
I think one of the top one priority is communication, talking with the child, um, even if they're young, tell it to them on give it to them at a level that they can try to understand just so they know what's going on and kind of help ease their anxiousness feelings and listen, listen to what they have to say. Developing something there has helped me in the classroom with military children to feel secure. So especially during deployments, I think having them write about things they go through, having a diary somewhere that they could draw or get out those feelings, having a photo, things like bears and things that are important to that child. It could be a coin or a necklace, but it has meaning connected to it. And then I think keeping active helps that physically that relieve that anxiety and help those endorphins. I think the mindset, studying about mindset and high expectations, learning about your brain and how you learn is also another good way to set up a military child for success, especially you know when they're in that moving process. I think one of the last things are don't be afraid to ask for help and take care of yourself. We tend to forget about those things and so I think it's very vital to take small breaks or take a bath or get a Starbucks, whatever, and just really pay attention to that small moment, no matter how small it is, but make it meaningful. So students who, who are going to be moving, do you have any suggestions on providing some sense of closure since they won't be able to say goodbye to their friends or their teachers or visit the school in person before they PCS possibly? Um, I think staying connected through Zoom has been a wonderful way to extend that classroom and being to physically see that all of the students are going through the same thing. So if students have not been participating in a Zoom, I would highly recommend that for all students to try to get that closer to be able to see those students and talk to those students. No, it's still not being able to touch, but it's the closest thing we have. And then also taking the time to watch and go through ceremonies and listening to the teachers for other special Zoom meetings for end of the year, like maybe a class party that you could attend to kind of help say your goodbyes. And then as always, maybe trying to stay connected through pen pals through the class. I think that might be an excellent way, especially as students move and not return next year to kind of have a pen pal session. This podcast is all about sharing stories. Do you have any final words of advice or stories that you'd like to share with our listeners? I think um, through all of this, my husband and I were talking and he pointed out that even though as teachers, it's we've learned that we're still relevant. And even though things get anxious, just taking things one step at a time and trying to maintain focus on what's current, what's currently at hand. Sometimes we have a tendency to keep looking at the big picture and although that's very helpful, sometimes we need to slow down and just see what's right there in front of us. That's excellent advice, thank you. Kind of sad about the end, but we're gonna get through this, so yeah. You will. Lenisa, I wanna thank you so much for talking with me today and for sharing your story with our listeners. And to all our listeners, I would like you to like, share, subscribe, and follow. And if you know how to rate and review this podcast, we'd really appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. Join us again next week. I want to thank you again for listening to our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. We would like to invite you to visit our website at www.militarychild.org. Like the MSEC on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. 
Please join us again next time as we share more stories that impact our military-connected kids.